to The Breakdown, a show where we look at the world of finance through a youthful lens. As you know, I'm your host, Sasha. Let's welcome back our millennial crew, Jeff. What up? Lucas. Hey. And Jen. Joining us this week are our returning experts, Associate Portfolio Managers, Jason and Stefan. Hey, everyone. Hey. So, guys, this week our topic is about investing FOMO. What should does that I, mean? Should I quickly talk about what <laughs> – should I say what FOMO is? Yeah, what is FOMO? FOMO is fear of missing out. Bo show. Bo right. show FOMO. <laughs> so, what's investing FOMO then if I think I'm going vi- to uh, like miss out on that? On a cool thing to invest in. What's cool to invest in? <laughs> Investing's not cool. How can you on investing? I don't know. Well, there are these things called uh, treasury bonds and Canadian savings bonds. Not exciting. It's <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the punchline. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are, what are your friends talking about? When, if you guys talk about investing, sorry, not to say that your friends would be the ones pushing the FOMO stuff, but what's, uh, it could be, what topics come to light? be sophisticated. Well, I think like a big one, a big one for a while, it seems to kind of died down this, the ninth day of October in the year of our Lord, 2018, but it seems to have died down a little bit, but sort of like cryptocurrency and like specifically Bitcoin. Um, I mean, that seems to be a big, like, I remember, I remember there was a period like last winter where everyone seemed to be investing in Bitcoin and Ripple and Oh yeah, Litecoin. every new currency is headline Ethereum. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it seemed like everyone was talking about it. And there was a there I remember I still have the Google Keep reminder note saying buy Ripple XRP from November of last year, <laughs> which I haven't checked off yet, and I fear I've missed out on something. <laughs> so I'm wondering, uh, let's start with cryptocurrency. What how how does that work as as an investment and have we really missed out on it? Yeah, so I would first say that crypto is probably not an investment. I'd see that more as like gambling. Uh, I don't know if you would agree, Steph. Or yeah, it. Well, it's tough to classify it even as an investment because people talk about it, well, they want it to be viewed as a currency. Well, most people don't view currencies as investments, but uh, <laughs> like their whole argument, the whole argument for the whole thing is, well, this is going to be the future currency, so you should buy it now. But yeah. it's like, why would you, like, that's not an investment. Yeah, so if we're, if we're talking about FOMO, I think you should really concentrate on, so what is FOMO? Obviously, it's you see someone else doing something and you are worried that you're not participating, you're not sharing in the gains, you're not at the party, you're not traveling or however you get FOMO. So where human human nature dictates that, if other people are successful, we kind of want what they have. So, like, you get this FOMO because you see all this pe- these people who got lucky uh, making money on cryptocurrencies, and it's so easy. Uh, so you get you want to get in on those gains. So that's how the FOMO comes. But we do, uh, and what we should talk about is no, not today necessarily, but investing, uh, which is very different. So. It's one thing to chase something that's going up and seeing other people getting rich. It's tough to sit on the sidelines and be like, oh, shit, yeah. this guy's got uh, just made a thousand bucks. I want to get my hands on some of that. Well, yeah, everyone's story is, well, they bought Bitcoin when it was one dollar and now it's twenty thousand dollars. So 
I made so much money. And, I don't know. You guys I are mean, the experts. Is that, that is, a good return? Is that? Oh, well, that'd be a fantastic return. Okay, as long yeah. as you sell it, $20,000. <laughs> yes, you true. know what else right. is a good return, though? Winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah. Is that exactly. necessarily the I'm way to I'm trying, boy. That's, that's, how I invest. It's, that's, how I invest. that's the way to success. I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah. So both me and Jason look at investing as uh, inherently a fundamental uh, thing where you look at what is the intrinsic value of something and you try to pay less than the intrinsic value. So the intrinsic value is just, what is this actually worth? Uh, and then you try to pay less to buy. It's fairly simple. Uh, but the problem with Bitcoin is how do you define an intrinsic value for Bitcoin? The main uses for Bitcoin, and I mean, realistically, right now, there's two uses for Bitcoin. There is the illicit uses, so black market trades, stuff like that, uh, trying to be somewhat untraceable, where Bitcoin is, to be honest, not even that, as cryptocurrencies go, it's not even very good for doing that one purpose, because there is other cryptocurrencies that are harder to trace. So, I mean, if you're going to use cryptocurrencies for illegal purposes, Bitcoin's not even that great for that. So, that's your first one. And then your second one, which hopefully is the majority of the demand for Bitcoin, which is just purely speculation. So it's the idea that sometime in the future, this will be useful. And the way that people portray this is, well, this is going to be the currency of the future. We don't need central banks. And it does play into a very libertarian mindset in which small government, you don't need the government controlling the money so we're going to have a finite supply and it's all mathematically based. And from there, we're going to be able to uh, derive a value for a currency. Well, the problem is when you have something based almost purely on speculation is it's extremely volatile. So the price swings are huge. I mean, it's, I've looked, what, 6,000 now? And it was 19,000 not that long ago. Like, that's whatever, 75% or 70% down in the last nine months. Like that's an enormous amount of volatility for something that you're trying to portray as a replacement currency. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't say it's an investment. So when you, when you look at investing, you want to value something. So typically you have traditional companies. So say you have like a tire manufacturer and for every year, for the past 20 years, Say it's made a million dollars in cash flow a year. So it's very stable. Maybe they had a little bit of growth. You can value that million dollars because at the end of the day, you get access to that million dollars. Uh, so some people might value that at five million. Some people might value it at 20 million. That's subjective, but there's real money coming in. That's a real business. They're selling tires and they're getting cash flow in. On the other hand, you have these cryptocurrencies where you can't really put a value on it. It doesn't produce anything. Who's to say it should be worth $100 or $20,000? Uh, the last person who bought some is, is who to say how much it's worth. So when it, sure, you want to buy things low and sell them high. So that worked out in crypto. But like you tell me, what, what do you think uh, one Bitcoin should be worth? And what, what you can't base it on. 
But what would you say it's worth? A hundred times more than I paid for it. I, I like it. I like yeah. it is what I think it should be worth. So you, that's what we call the greater fool theory, which means that's you're me. going to buy it. <laughs> no, I was a theory. Yeah. You're going to buy it, and then you're going to sell it to the greater fool for a hundred times as much. But right. unfortunately, well, a lot of times when there's a frenzy, uh, turns into a mania, there, there might be a greater fool that comes along. But if you're the lot person who buys at the highest, well, unfortunately, you have a bad uh, label on yourself. So apart from cryptos, there's also a new budding uh, ah. cannabis <laughs> industry. Uh, oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> that is a bunch of people, like my friend's parents said that they put some money into investing into the overall weed business that's uh, coming about. What kind of risks are there towards like investing in something that's so new, so fresh, and maybe isn't all like the whole infrastructure isn't fi- figured out yet? Uh, well, again, it's not tremendously different than even crypto in the sense that it's all speculative because it's all based on every right now. I don't think there's any marijuana companies that are producing cash, like positive cash flow. They're burning money, but there is a way to it. Like they're going to be making money. Yes. So So the idea is at some point in the future, these companies will make money. Right. So that, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I have no disagreement with that. The problem is, is when you look at how much they're worth now. So, some or, or even like you should look at how much they're going to be worth in the yeah. future. But how do you how do you know how much they're going to sell? Who's yeah. going to win? Who's going to lose? Yeah, there's yeah. so much uncertainty there that it's impossible to pick winners and losers. It really is completely impossible to say this guy's going to win, this guy's going to lose. You're really guessing and to that extent there's because you don't know the government is changing regulations almost every day Mm -hmm. like the new quebec government is going to change the way that uh the previous quebec government was going to do things the new ontario government is changing the way the previous ontario government is going to change things like the idea behind all of these companies is well canada is the first market but all of them are based on going global and dominating the world well you know what that's going to take time how long is that going to take? I mean, there's a staunch opposition in the U.S. to a huge amount of it. So, I mean, that might take a long time. Like, other countries, like, it, there's there's just so much speculative uh, thought. And the numbers that you need to get to are extremely difficult to uh, imagine right now. Like, yeah, so you should separate the speculation and the investing. Investing yes. is knowing or like having a strong view on what this business is going to make versus speculating where you think, oh, they might make $10 million a year or they might make $10 billion a year. I don't know. Let's throw my money in it. And it works when everyone else thinks that way. And sure, they are going to make money. But if it's valued, if there's, there's certain companies out there valued at $5, $10 billion market caps, are they going to make that much money? I don't know. I could, I might gamble, but I could also just go to the casino and right. Throw so this it is down more gambling again than investing because yeah. you're you're betting on their the future success of the company, and that's why the price is inflating and, people and are, you're, yes, and the future success is very speculative. It's very unknown. Right. Yeah. So the one way to like think about this is so the dot com bubble. Mm-hmm. So the dot com bubble is late nineties. Every tech stock, every new company idea that anyone could think of that they could attach the word internet to, shot up. And everyone was interested. 
Prices went crazy, like ridiculous ideas, crazy high prices. So, but Microsoft, great company, had a real business back then. Came out with Windows 98. I don't know if you guys, you guys are a little young, but <laughs> Windows 98 was solid. It was huge improvements. You still run that on your laptop, yeah, right? <laughs> I wish. I wish. They got me on this 2010 yeah, or whatever. better than uh, the yeah. new Windows. I, yeah, exactly. Windows 98, great product. Microsoft, on the at the end of December 31st, 1999, hit a price of $58 and change called. Microsoft... Did not hit that price again until September 2016. Was Microsoft a bad company? No, it was a great company. But if you bought it at the end of 1999, you paid an enormous speculative premium. It's a great company. No one's questioning that. But it took you almost 17 years to make your money back. And you probably did better than many other ones. So there's all oh, these yeah. like... And that's, that's probably... Com, I mean, yeah. Microsoft's one of the largest companies in the world right now. That's one of the best dot-com investments you could have made, mm-hmm. but it still took you almost 17 years to get your money. And so many, so that one did well, well, well over 20 years, but there's so many that went bankrupt. So they came out with the idea of, oh, I'm going to sell cat collars. I'm going to sell them globally. So Billion dollars. Billion dollar valuation. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a step back. How much money can you actually make from selling cat collars? So what I want to know is, are there any investments that I'm actually missing out on, like that I should be investing in? I'm 25, turning 25, like it's just a no-brainer investment. So I also just want to clarify that I meant like things like leashes for cats and not like a <laughs> illicit like phone cover to yourself. We're in that. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. We could talk about crypto kitties. Crypto kitties. Oh, now that's a solid investment. <laughs> I, it's not though. Please don't take that seriously. <laughs> so sorry. The question was, what should you invest in right now as a twenty-five-year-old? Like, what am I missing out on, if if anything? Yeah. Like, when do you know to invest in something? Like right now, we're saying pot stocks. It's all speculative, but. When do you know is the good time to put your money in? That's a very yeah. good question. So if you don't know how to value companies, uh, you'll need to learn how. So if you want to get into it. So if you go along that, you there's tons of resources to read. If you want to do it on your own, uh, both online and library, uh, just there's so many finance books. Finance books probably are one of the largest like finance and politics books. Like they occupy large sections of the bookstore. Um, but talk to people, uh, other people that could give you advice. But the easiest way to get broad exposure, which we talked about in the first uh, episode, is to go for exchange traded funds. So ETFs. So if you can't, if you don't have the financial acumen to look at a company and evaluate the cash flows that's, that are coming in, well, maybe it makes sense to buy an entire index. So the S&P 500, you'll hear a lot of talk about that. That is the main uh, U.S. index. It's the 500 largest public companies in the U.S. And it bis- just basically tracks the performance of those companies. So you get the good with the bad, but you you don't have to pick up annual reports for all the different companies and, and kind of make your own evaluation. As you mentioned, the S&P 500. So back to the Bitcoin. Uh, so Bitcoin at its peak price 
had a market cap of about $560 billion, which uh, puts it about the fourth largest company on the S&P 500, which right now is Berkshire Hathaway, which is uh, Warren Buffett's uh, investment vehicle. So, I mean, that's a massive, massive con- co- or company. But, like, would you rather have a company that could, I mean, that produces an enormous amount of cash flow, uh, owns railways, owns power, owns insurance companies, owns parts of banks, like, owns huge amounts, owns parts of Coca-Cola, or... You would have Bitcoin on the idea that someday in the future, someone will want to use it as a currency, right? Like it's the amount of potential that you are giving up in today's uh, cash flow generation is extremely high in something that's extremely speculative. Yeah, right. So something like the simply feet. 500, whatever you call it. S&P. S&P. Okay. Standard and Poor's. The S&P 500 uh, as an ETF is like something that you are missing out on now. If you have money to invest, you're missing out, not investing. Like, it is the most generic set of 500 large U.S. companies. So, so, so does that mean... Which are all fairly global in actual business. So I don't know if... I can't remember if we talked about this on another podcast, but is the idea that, like, you're kind of spreading out the risk among those like 500 companies Absolutely. and you are because they're the biggest 500 you're kind of assuming that they're they're well managed generally speaking and obviously if some go down others will like prop it up so is the FOMO then like really like more of a fear than an actual reality because the the ability like is it it seems almost like it's kind of luck in some respects to get a specific company like in a speculation like, a, let's say, like Aurora Cannabis or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And to invest money in that now versus being like, okay, like 40 years from now, like this this could be worth like 100% of what I put into it, but it could also be worth like nothing. Yeah. I mean, it depends if you have an insight and you can look at, so Aurora Cannabis, if you think that 50% of the world's population is going to start uh, uh, imbibing in cannabis, smoking weed. <laughs> Uh, and, and, everyone, and everyone's going to buy it before this podcast, <laughs> and, and everyone's going to buy it from Aurora. It's probably going to be a good business. So if you have that insight, like have at it, Haas. Like go get it. Like for Coca Cola, if if you look at Coca Cola example, uh, if you looked at it in the seventies and thought, oh, okay, well, this is a really good drink. Uh, everyone is probably going to like this. They're going to expand globally. They're going to sell a lot of bottles of pop. Well, I think that what they make now is going to grow a lot. So I'm going to invest in that. And that would be a good, so long as you can get it at a cheap price. It's a good rationale. But if you look at Coke now, um, okay, how much growth is there? Um, We see uh, people in North America are drinking a lot less Coke, but people in more of the developing world are drinking more Coke. They also have other products. So you have to look into that, think about the dynamics, uh, think about what's going to happen to those cash flows. So are they going to grow? Or are they going to not grow? And that that's tough to do. Um, but if you're able to do it and you have a good insight and you say like Lucas is, I see him drinking 10 cans of Coke a day and all his friends are too. <laughs> maybe you have a different view and you want to just get that one, uh, that one company, that one stock. So, right. in that. so, um, sorry, I just totally forgot what I was going to say. Uh, if you, so then 
the fear of missing out that you have should should you turn that fear towards like kind of research or is there a way to research something that maybe is speculative that you could have a, a good grasp on or is it kind of well, could be anything definitely never going to discourage more research right. into things so that's always a like for yourself <laughs> as well or for <laughs> oh snap <laughs> it's always a positive uh, I'm just going to blow right by that uh <laughs> or not I don't think you can yeah. so you can always do more research but what something that I like to look at I mean for our jobs we read a ton of news all the time something that's on the front page of the newspaper every single day all over the newspaper every single day the Canadian newspapers have all created new sections about cannabis like this is kind of bubble mentality when everyone is talking about it, everyone is, is like, the fact that new newspapers are creating whole sections on it, like, they don't have sections on most companies, like, mm-hmm. outside of, like, automotive, which, I mean, cars are a major purchase, and houses, houses are a major purchase, they don't have sections on other stuff. Like, the, the like having a whole section on cannabis just shows how much people are focused on it and it tends to be when people are all focused on one thing that creates bubbles right so in the during the dot-com bubble then there's probably a section in a newspaper on the internet yes i mean i was a little young to be reading the newspaper (laughs) but i'm sure that there was a very prominent technology section and yeah so so another fomo thing going back to your question uh sasha if you see a lot of people don't know when it is good to get into the market and it's very tough to say like very few people can do it. And the people that can are probably just lucky. Uh, (laughs) But if you just start, so if you see other people investing, starting to make money, it's good to create that savings plan we talked about and just slowly like every paycheck, take uh, 15, 20% off and pay yourself first, put it in a investment account and just start investing. So you have that, you'll have that FOMO, that fear of missing out. But if you look over a long period of time, it doesn't matter if you bought a stock like Microsoft, oh, that's a bad example. That's a bad company. Coke, let's go with Coke. <laughs> What's Coke's price right now? I no Microsoft idea. Isn't I have Microsoft's price right now because <laughs> I've written it down. Okay, so let's pretend it's eighty dollars now. In nineteen seventy, if it was one dollar or two dollar, once it went up to two dollars, you might have seen. Okay, all my friends bought it at one. Uh, I'm getting in high if it's two. But if you if you think it's a good quality company, you put some money aside and you're going to hold it for the next thirty years. Uh, it doesn't. If it's eighty dollars now, it doesn't matter if you bought it at one dollar, two dollar. You've done really well over that time. So if you have that discipline of uh, creating a savings plan, putting the money aside, and then investing it, whether it's in the entire market, like the Simply 500. Is that what it was? That's coming back a lot. The Simply 500. Guys, safety's on, all right? Come on. We're all friends here. There's a lot of different oh, ways man. to... Uh, I know it's pretty edgy today. No, it's good, though. It's good. It's, it's fire. all coming from you. Love it. <laughs> Boy, how is this happening? <laughs> yeah, as long as, once you start getting your investing working for you, you can really uh, you can really watch it grow over time. And if you're not doing as well as the person sitting beside you, 
who cares? Right. You're still over the long term. You're going to put yourself in a better situation than you otherwise would be. So I have another question um, about IPO stocks. Okay, so that's something that a lot of people uh, kind of they get excited when there's new companies coming out, uh, especially now where most of the companies that are IPOing are tech companies that everyone's heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because they're coming public doesn't mean a lot of them are also becoming public companies when they don't make any money. And a lot of them don't have plans to make any for some of them forever. So forever, forever, ever. Some of them have no plans to make money in the going in the foreseeable future. Okay. I'll give you that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So, but a lot of people like to get in on what's new. And because up until somewhat recently, it was very hard to get access to these companies while they were private. When these companies become public, there tends to be a huge speculative demand. So they get priced. They tend to rise very quickly. And then eventually over time, they settle out where they probably should. Uh, so some examples. Uh, GoPro. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they went, they IPO'd in, I believe, 2014. Uh, and they IPO'd at $24. So at $24 a share, I mean, when they IPO'd, everyone had heard of them. They were a fully functioning company. They were actually, I believe, making money, which is somewhat rare uh, for uh, recent IPOs, at least. Their stock went from $24 to $87. Huge gains. Everyone loved it. It's now $6. So it's lost 75% from its IPO price. Not from not even from its peak price, it's lost over 90% from its peak price. But that it just shows you how the speculative demand can be crazy. Now, some people will tell you that they bought it $24, sold at $87, and I'm sure people did that. There's also people that bought it $87 and still hold it now at $6. So it... Was it ever worth eighty-seven? Probably not. Mm-hmm. The it certainly didn't have cash flows to support an eighty-seven dollar valuation. It was the hype, right? Yeah, and the, and the reason companies uh, lose money when they're so young is because it costs a lot of money to expand. So GoPro probably I don't know the story that well, but probably had a great product. Started selling uh, cameras in California or wherever Surfer Dude was from. And California's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, safe bet. And they probably wanted to do a global expansion. So you obviously have to pay for manufacturing. You need to pay for people. You need to pay for marketing. Everything to make it a to go from a, a local to a global brand. So that costs a lot of money. So the idea is that you spend a lot of money up front. Now you have that global presence, and now you're selling these action cam cameras everywhere in the world, or at least that's what they the story that they tell people. Sometimes it pans out. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, another example, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I'm sure very prevalent among the millennial community. Do you know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> they don't make any money, do they? No, absolutely not. Snapchat. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So IPO'd at $17. I think the first day traded at $27. It's now at $7.50. Right, so it's lost fifty six percent from its IPO price, and way more than that from its first day price. So, 
e- like <laughs> these are businesses that are very difficult to actually place an a value on because they didn't really have any like when they acted out they didn't have any real way or uh, idea of how they were going to make money and some of the businesses eventually find ways to make money i mean facebook's found a way to make some money uh there's still a huge speculative premium in that i mean google has found ways to make enormous amounts of money but most of those ways that they make enormous amounts of money they bought after they ipo so, Would you never ride that speculative wave? Just take advantage of that small. So like, can you up tell me? Price? Can you tell me if it's going up or down tomorrow? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you if you had a a perfect picture of what the price is going to do, yes, you can make a lot of money. Uh, but it's so tough. Like it, it's so it's tough. Not worth because like Bitcoin. Obviously, when it got to a thousand dollars, I remember people being like, "Oh my goodness, this is going up," and other people were like, "Oh, this is way too expensive," and then it goes to. 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. So when, when do you know when the carousel is going to stop? Yeah. In hindsight, everyone believes that they will be able to pick those points. It's, I, I guess it's some sort of human nature where you believe that, wow, it went from $24 to, or uh, GoPro, $24 to 87 At $87, I would have just sold there. I would have been happy at, the, at that price. Yeah, of course you would have been happy, but you don't know that at $87, it's not going to go to 150 And when it's at $87, you think it's going to 150 mm. So short term, tricky. Yeah, short term, it's just gambling, and then long term, you're super safe. Not no, super safe, but if you... Um, <laughs> tell me super safe. <laughs> Damn it, Lucas, where have you been? Not so there's... Yeah. So there's specu- there's companies that are in speculative speculative stages where they are promising you future growth, but there's other ones that are boring, just have a bunch of money coming in, like insurance companies, a lot of banks, some tire manufacturers, <laughs> like car companies. So if you can get those cash flows at a at a cheap price, then there's more stability. But every industry can be uh, affected. Every industry can change. Like there's companies that are 100, 200 years old that go bankrupt. So they might have made money for a long time, but times change. So. Uh, would you say then as a possible way to like, um, like manage our investments? Like if like, would it be wise or or prudent to split the amount you're you're saving for investments and have like perhaps the majority of it follow an index fund like the S and P 500 and then maybe take like a fifth of what you were planning on saving and be like Aurora cannabis is going to be the new Anheuser. I think you want to. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I, I, I full disclosure, I work for Aurora cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, is, that, is that your new like Google, like a little thing that you have in the corner that you said you had for the other one? Bitcoin. A little alert. Yeah, no, I do. Reminder was it for after right after the taping of this podcast, just to go and decide to keep buying or sell. But seriously though, like, would you suggest you know having like the majority of our investments in kind of like a investment like mutual fund, and then perhaps like gambling with a bit of it? I wouldn't consider that part investment. I think you should create a savings plan around your actual investments, and then if you want to, if you have extra money to gamble on the side, I mean. It's the same thing as if you go to the casino, right? Like the that's just entertainment money. Mm-hmm. I think of it more as that than it's the same thing as playing the lottery. Like it's 
yeah, I mean, if it's it very gives, speculative, yeah. uh, make sure it's money that you would be okay to see go up and smoke. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> things don't work out. <laughs> but no, uh, if you if you have that urge, that like itch to do it, don't depend on that performing well. But I mean, if you want to, you have a lot of time to make up any losses and. If you do it with a appropriate size, then like there's no difference than like Stefan said, going yeah. to the tracks or have fun betting on the ponies. Have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks guys. This is awesome. I think uh, we all need you guys as our investment uh, gurus, investment advisors, market analysts, market analysts, <laughs> <laughs> associate long, portfolio managers. As long as you keep the beer stock, then no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, for a long time. Will do. Thanks, guys.